0: I'm Brian Hurley, I'm Jess Lampy, and you're listening to the Edgerton Life Podcast. So, Jess, I really enjoyed your second interview. Um, do you want to tell the folks a little bit about who you interviewed and what y'all talked about? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I really enjoyed it too. Uh, I was interviewing Jennifer Lim. Uh, Jennifer Lim is an amazing individual uh, who's leading the organization, Delivering Happiness. Uh, if that sounds familiar to you, uh, it might be because uh, delivering happiness is uh, the initiatives of that organization are based on a book uh, that she co-wrote with the CEO of Zappos. Uh, it's a It's an amazing book. I highly recommend checking it out. I, I actually had read it two years, two years or so ago, um, shortly after um, I had returned from a, a medical mission trip out there recommendation from a friend. Uh, so uh, definitely worth checking out, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to share what we talked about.
1: Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Now, as you know, um, this podcast was a, a dream and a vision of Andy's. Uh, he had a list of ten people that he wanted to interview. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to get around to doing it. So we're trying to carry on. But uh, in traditional Andy fashion, uh, he created a list but didn't give us much context. So I am excited today to get to discover uh, how you met Andy and also to learn a little bit more about uh, why he felt that you would be perfect for this podcast uh, an, an individual who could help people who are are in a hard state in life uh figure out how to to point their ship in the right direction as it were
1: hmm. yeah that's uh well number one super honored to be on the list um number two definitely Andy style <laughs> uh, to do, to do what he did. And um, in some ways it's just like, yeah, uh, we can get a lot into stuff, but like just the, uh, when I first met him, uh, he, you know, wasn't diagnosed yet with, um, with cancer, but it's, uh, it's, um, I'm taking this moment to kind of like settle into this moment of like kind of reminiscing of how we met and the interactions that we had um, and, yeah, you know, true to his core of wanting to do something like this and the fact that it's actually happening, uh, living up to his legacy um, that will carry on. So I'm, I'm very moved by this whole thing and, and thank you for uh, thank you for doing this.
0: Thank you for participating. I, it wouldn't be possible without you all.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk Andy. Or let's talk, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, by your prefacing, I, I have a sense of like why he put me on this list, but um, would love to hear your thoughts <laughs> as how we should continue.
0: Yeah, well, first I'd love to dive in. Uh, let's uh, stick with Andy for a moment. Uh, how, how did you meet Andy?
1: Um, it was so basically, I I run this company called Delivering Happiness. And I was trying to trace the steps of like, because, you know, he knows a lot of people. (laughs) He's he was so well connected in in life um, for different reasons. So like, we kind of uh, connected that way. And we we went down the road of um, him partnering with him. And his skill set and his energy and all that uh for the like for delivering happiness in the company I run. So that's the short version of it. There's longer versions of it, but yeah.
0: Oh fantastic. And and how did you come to meet delivering happiness as it were?
1: Uh so back in 2010, the CEO of Zappos, uh Tony Shea and I uh worked on a book together called Delivering Happiness. And we just thought we were gonna put the book out, be done with it, and lo and behold, there was a demand for happiness in the world. So I ended up running that, uh, well, as a company and as where we are today. And so that's kind of how our paths collided um, in figuring out how to, I mean, from from our interactions, it just felt like Andy was like really, Aligned with our beliefs and we just happen to be doing it from a workplace angle of, hey, like, it doesn't make sense why people are so unhappy in the world when they work. So how can we actually make a change, um, you know, using our approach with scientific happiness? So bringing it back to Andy is kind of like we got along
0: really well. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I myself have read Delivering Happiness, a uh, oh, very oh. great book. And um, like any great book, the, the, the subject matter is fantastic. And then the more you find out about the the authorship of it is even more fantastic. I, I heard you all famously drafted the book in kind of a, a blitzkrieg weekend.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did um probably because we're natural procrastinators but <laughs> it's uh we had like five weeks to turn the manuscript into the publisher and so Tony and I ended up renting a cabin in Tahoe and over the course of those five days basically it was non-stop uh like you know trying I mean we we're basically doing all-nighters and we We did different things to try to motivate each other. We started with caffeine, like tons of caffeine, um, and then went to vodka, (laughs) like lots of vodka. Even tried like coffee beans in vodka one night, and it worked really well for that night. Next morning, not a good idea. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Somehow we got through, so by the end of the those five-ish days in Tahoe, we had about 80% of the book done, which was like, in hindsight, I'm not sure how that happened, other than I would call it flow, maybe, and flow of alcohol, but also flow of um, energy. And then after the remaining few weeks, uh, got the rest of the book done and sent it off.
0: That's amazing. That... I, I love when people intentionally design uh, a, a creative experience to to generate such a positive outcome and then, and then succeed marvelously at doing so.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably because it wasn't by design. <laughs> 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 something happened in that cabin. Something happened after just, uh, yeah, so there's some, some things that you really, really plan for and something just like, oh, wow, that was unexpectedly magical.
0: So for someone who's not familiar with uh, delivering happiness as as a group, uh, walk me through uh, how it is that uh, you all work with uh, companies, organizations in order to, uh, I I guess, realign their cultures towards a focus more on happiness.
1: Yeah, so the inspiration came from the story of what uh, zappos had to go through to basically like well the book is like like tony's own telling of having sold his first company to microsoft for hundreds of millions of dollars and then waking up realizing that he was not feeling happy to go to his own company um mm. and realizing in his next company which it eventually became zappos was like It's not focusing on anything else but company culture. Uh, Before it was a buzzword, Um, but focusing on employees. Like, what is it that we need to do as organizations to create an environment where people want to show up at work every day? And so, in some weird parallel way, that's when like positive psychology became more popular and scientific happiness. And so, here's like scientific data being brought to the forefront of like, wait, let's not focus on what's wrong with us let's focus on what's right with us which are like specific we call them levers but essentially it's like things of feeling like you have autonomy in your life or control feeling you like you're prog- like progressing o- over time feeling like you have meaningful connections and relationships and you know we're talking about the workplace but in general really um and ultimately feeling like you have a sense of higher purpose
0: and mm-hmm. like doing
1: something that's beyond yourself, beyond making more money for the company. Um, So these were kind of just like levers or concepts that we had the luxury, I guess, of being able to apply to a company and that happened to be Zappos. And it did relatively well for them. They got acquired by Amazon like back in the day, I think it was almost 10 years ago now. Uh, It was about uh, 1.2 billion at the time of closing. And then now we know the Amazon story. (laughs) Um, So we took that kind of like, hey, is this just a Zappos thing? Or is it something that could be actually learned and applied with other organizations? So that's what DH, Delivering Happiness, is focused on now and being able to apply these basically fundamental concepts of scientific happiness to any organization. And so far... Um, here we are eight years later, and it's been working, so it's been really cool to see what it means to not just change organizations so that they can like make more money, but it's more like changing organizations using fundamental concepts of who we are as human beings, um, of meaningful happiness, sustainable happiness, beyond mm-hmm. the money, beyond rainbows and unicorns. It's like really, in the end, it's coming back to ourselves and understanding who that is, and how to authentically live
0: that over time. And hearing you talk about that right now, I, I think I kind of see the thread based on conversations with Andy about uh, how, how he how how he connected you to this vision of what he had. But I'd I'd be curious if if did he approach you or talk to you about this podcast at all, or his goal for it.
1: Uh, he mentioned it in passing, like when, cause we met, when we met, like we met initially, we hung out. And then after that, a lot of it was just like back and forth in the text and his ideas um, of like his greater vision for life in general. So I don't think it was specifically about the podcast, but I mean, as you know, he had a lot of ideas on like what he wanted. And it's so right. it was interesting for me going through the, like from the initial time we met, finding out about his diagnosis and then even when he was going through all his treatment, still having like these huge ideas of like what he would like to do. And so, um, so yeah, I, so to answer your question is like, yes, it wasn't the podcast form, but it was basically the Andy form of what he believed in. Yeah.
0: And, and so his, his, his hope, I think, uh, or at least as he talked about it with me for the podcast was he was wanting to uh, for people who get dealt a bad hand, like he kind of was, hmm.
1: um,
0: how, how would like what kind of advice would you give, or or what kind of his his hope as an aspiration was that like people would be able to um, uh, get advice on how to survive, get advice yeah. on how to motivate yourself, get advice on, and I, I, uh, other areas as well like nutrition. Proper cancer treatment, but it sounds like this is more the motivation, the advice, the the happiness area. Um, mm-hmm. What do you imagine he uh, uh, envisioned? Um, Jen Lim comes to the table to contribute. What do you, what do you think he would have wanted you to say?
1: Um, such a huge question.
0: Like, I know, big one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Way to start this off nice and light, Jess. No, uh, no, I, I love these kind of conversations because it's like you know, it, it's most meaningful to me. And obviously, being a, uh, invited to this is like really want to live up to the honor of what um, and what, what what he was asking. Uh, so I think that when I talk about happiness and the way. We don't believe it's just like the high moments that inform what meaningful happiness is. It's also the low moments. And when we start thinking about the highs and lows of our life, uh, that's when we actually can start answering what it means to be meaningfully happy. And happiness is such a subjective thing. And that's why like, we're not in the business of telling you how to be happy. That's not it at all. It's actually more about accepting what it is that, you know, when you're talking about the cards that were dealt. And I think we also connected the, by the fact that um, my dad passed away with colon cancer uh, when he was way, way too young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some beauty in that of, as an example, like in the research that we've been reading, When they talk about lottery winners, they're like, oh yeah, they're gonna be happy, but now we know their happiness levels stay the same or go down over time. And then there's also been research done on people that lose their sight or lose their use of their limbs, and their happiness levels stay the same or actually increase over time. So this is all to say that we as human beings are really bad at predicting what happiness is. And so to the example of and you know, all the things that my dad had to go through and what andy had to go through this is happening all the time uh you know the 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 cars that were dealt whether good or bad and i think that from the lessons learned uh in like in andy's own life and my dad's life and all these people around the world that are going through you know, pretty challenging things that really question, like, what is this all for? You know, not to be too existential and all this stuff, but it really, uh, I think, helps us um, focus on what's most important and how we spend our days and, and, and our minutes, really. Um, so I think if I was to channel Andy right now, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like if we all as human beings knowing that there's like going to be good and bad days if we can just really deep dive within ourselves and understand and ask the hard questions you know like we all had different childhoods we all had different hands that are dealt ask ourselves what are like what's generally most important to us and be able to use those as like, you can call it whatever you want, higher purpose, North star. I mean, yeah, it's not to get hokey or woo woo and all that stuff. It's actually like, if we can be true to who we are internally and actually live that on a day-to-day basis, what more can we ask for? Um, And so that comes in different forms. So for people that love their family or love their work or just love being in nature, and the list goes on and on, the more we can define that for ourselves and know that we are at, li- at least aligned with everything that's most important to us and everything else around the world outside of us, we can let go. Um, so uh, this is a definitely a very different kind of interview and podcast than I've, because I'm usually talking about DH and workplaces and stuff, but I've, I guess I'm trying to like Meta it out in a way that I hope Andy would be like giving me a high five right now. Um, And how precious those moments are without being cliche. But when we can be aligned with the most, most important things to us, at least we know the time that we spend alive here is worthwhile.
0: Well, I know he would be giving you a virtual high five right now if if he was if he was around for that and um, uh, just a, a nice hey dude that was awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good Andy voice right there.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I, it it always uh, a, a astounded me the um, the. De- um, I guess I almost felt like the uh, watching him go through that as and, and comparing it with how other people have gone through it. Um, I, um, I, I I've spoken about this previously with some other people on the podcast. I, I don't feel like I could say that like, oh, if happiness would be a means of prolonging your life, but it I do think that it definitely, gave better definition and almost a ripple of effect for him towards the end of his own, where um, it like, it. I mean, I, I don't know if it gave him a couple extra minutes, days, weeks, or something like that, but certainly the way his attitude was towards this and how he wanted to leave an impact beyond, I felt like rippled outward and had definitely a longer lasting impact than had he turned inwards and, and kind of given up on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah i I mean I would agree in the sense that like happiness is there's no proof that happiness makes you live longer in in that sense but there's a there's proof that optimism can make you do things uh, like neurologically actually like you know just oh, yeah. you know just smiling through uh, a treatment which I remember he would send pictures of him going through it like That actually physiologically makes your body different than if you're like bummed out or, you know, in a sad disposition. So there's the science of it. And then there's like the art of like um, him living his life the way he wanted to. I think up to the very end, as crazy (laughs) extremes as it can go. Um, I think that was like part of the beauty of. him him being able to do that with grace and whether you call it happiness or not that's not like that's besides the point it's like he did it his way and uh, mm-hmm. that's uh with much respect in, um, to his legacy
0: yeah yeah that's actually very true he uh he was always very clear and transparent where he was saying hey, I'm undergoing chemo right now and I may fall off the face of the earth and you may not be my absolute priority in this moment, but please don't ever take offense to that. And it was kind of like, actually, I really appreciate you just laying that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really true. I mean, the, the the for those people that actually just embrace, like this is just what it is. it's what's happening. Uh, I really love the fact that he detailed it out in a way that um, – I, I mean, I think for me, like it was like his is a shining example, like uh, what when I went through what I went through with my dad's passing. And there's just this shroud of like what cancer means and what death means in, in a way that I believe like what Andy was doing was case in point of what we all need to do as human beings to not be afraid of death, but to embrace it. And embrace like the unfortunate fact that it can, it has to happen, um, but there is beauty in it, and I think Andy reflected that. One of the another like I've been I've been a little infatuated with death <laughs> just because of what happened to my dad and like with like examples of like friends like Andy, way too early, way too young, all that stuff. Like one of my uh, high school buddies, uh, like very similar to Andy in t- in terms of like larger than life when he walks in the room, it's like, hey, who is this guy? Cause like i like to talk to him. And so this guy went to high school with him. Like we went on this crazy like Washington, DC like culture trip, you know, <laughs> like one of those things you do in high school. And like after we got back, he got diagnosed with brain cancer. Hmm. And I just remember walking in the room, like and it was like Ian, one of those diagnoses, like it's not gonna it's not gonna be long. Uh, And he had been like, he was already bald with chemo. I walk in the room, he was the guy that was always smiling. And he was the one cheering everyone up. And even though he was in the bed, like, you know, he's totally wasted, Like it's like he lost so much weight. And that hit me really hard because here he was knowing it was about to be over soon, but he was like, hey, it's all right. And lighting everyone else's life. And that's, I think what Andy did and that's what kind of, that that moment from high school to all these friends that I lose along the way to cancer and all these other you know things that happen in life, it was a reminder that I almost have um, in a personal obligation to honor uh, people like this. That like they bring so much light into the world and so much change beyond like their. Life because they're living their legacy still. And uh, I guess maybe that's why I'm so passionate about like what I do now, because this is just all, there's like, you know, I hope it's okay to cuss, because I think Andy did too, but you know, these are shitty times. (laughs) Like um, whether people that we love are passing away or, (laughs) you know, the the world around us, And so being able to just say, you know what, I'm just gonna hunker and control what I can control. And that means loving the people I love, including myself, doing the things that I feel passionate about, living out ways that like, you know, may seem crazy, but like, it seems purposeful to me. We, I feel as a global society can do that more than ever. And Andy's like a beacon of just an example, like, like why not do that now? Um, and so the other stuff that, the noise basically gets, that's, uh, gets lower because like the volume of your, like ourselves get, get bigger.
0: I like that way of phrasing that, that, um and and i think it's eloquent to describe it as noise because it does very much feel that way i feel like if i get wrapped up in stuff i just feel like the equivalent of just being at a loud concert or something like that for a period of time you're just like ah Uh, Mm -hmm. and he certainly did have that ability to just cut all that out um uh, Jen, I want to say thank you very much. I, I really appreciate both you taking time out of your day to, to talk with me, but also to talk about hard topics uh, and to share your insights and wisdom on them, uh, as well as your experiences with Andy. Um, yeah. Any Anything else you want to share before uh, I, I let you go?
1: <laughs> um, another big question. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for doing this. Uh, I'd love to, I'm actually really curious to. Hear everyone's other your other podcast with the the other people on the list, and it'd be really interesting to kind of like ladder that up into like what these perspectives will provide as to kind of like again a nod to um, Andy's presence.
0: Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. I I'm still at a at a, a very beginner's mind like state with most of the people that are on this list, so I, I'm trying to. Uh, kind of meet people as I meet them and and kind of learn more about them. So, um, but uh, so far, everybody that I've interviewed, yourself included, uh, it's just, it's just kind of like, ah, this is like a piece of Andy. Like I get it. This makes sense. (laughs) Like I I hear the echo and it's, it's fantastic. So, so thank you very much for that opportunity.
1: Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll just leave it at, like, uh, my one of my last interactions with him was surprise, surprise, at a bar. <laughs> I think it was whiskey. Uh, on the Rocks are neat. I forgot which one it was, but it was, like, not, not cheap. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and we were just toasting and talking about, like, not about the job, because it was, like, that was the reason why we met, but it was just about, I uh, you know, just vibing on life. So I'm gonna raise a virtual uh, whiskey on the rocks to uh, to Andy and, and everyone on that's listening to to cheers like yeah, living his legacy.
0: I'll raise a a, a a virtual symbolic whiskey as well to him as well. <laughs> Sweet. And to you too. Thank you, Jen.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Jess. All
0: right. Thank you very much once again to Jennifer Lim. For joining us on the Edgerton Life podcast. And if you would like to learn more about delivering happiness, you can check out the website, deliveringhappiness.com, or uh, do yourself a favor, go check out the book, Delivering Happiness. I- I'm sure you can find it on Amazon.com or uh, at a local bookstore. Definitely worth the read. Uh, I absolutely loved it.